Welcome everybody. It is June 25th, 2018, and this is episode 14 of Hot Take from the Kitchen. It's coming along, isn't it? I mean, we're almost to the halfway point of, of our there first mini goal. So yeah. I'm gonna start doing seasons here too. I thought that, you know, I have that option to turn that on and off, you know, where I make a next season. But I was like, where do we start and where do we stop? And that's a whole different discussion. And I'm just trying to get to 30th at this point. Yeah. All right. Well, we're almost there. All right. On my left, I have Steve. And on my right and across the table, I have our guest, Ann and Don, my next door neighbors. <laughs> so they've come the shortest distance so far to come talk to us. And we appreciate them. Coming on. Dude, the neighborhood's amazing. It is. It's like nice within a 12 block radius, I don't like a hundred people. So it's crazy. So small town. It yeah. is. I guess that is the advantage of living out being on. I don't know anyone and everyone still waves at me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I think it works out pretty nice in the end. That's or awesome. they know you, you know them. Yeah, so oh, that's the worst way. when they know everything about you and you're like, I don't know who you are. But all right. <laughs> All right, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Hot Take from the Kitchen. Steve usually puts up some Bitmoji stuff for us. I've been bad. But I was on vacation last week, so I, I did. And I unplugged all my social media from my phone. So I wow. deleted it all when I left. When I left work Tuesday, I deleted everything. So Instagram. I, well, I did keep my Instagram up. Yeah, I kept my Instagram up. But like Facebook, Twitter... Snapchat, LinkedIn, everything. I shut it all down. I was proud of myself. Good for you. But all I hear is excuses from there. Yeah. Promote, promote, promote. All right. <laughs> you can also send us emails at hottakefromthekitchen at gmail.com. It is H-O-T-T-A-K-E-F-R-O-M-T-H-E-K-I-T-C-H-E-N at gmail.com. I know how much Steve loves that. You're a pro at it. And I guess anything else you want to say? Intro-wise? No. All right. Then I guess we'll get into it. All right. First up is hot takes. We have three of them tonight. And our first one is the return of Chris Weber to the University of Michigan. He's going to be an honorary captain at one of the football games. It's kind of exciting. It's an emotional moment. Well, this is big news for us. I don't know how you guys have fallen this whole thing, but this is like huge video for me. So yeah. uh, as soon as I heard about that, which was last last week, I was like, oh, we're going to make that hot take, even though it's not even a hot take episode or thing anymore. So hot to us. That's all that matters. Well, they were wondering if this will hopefully open his path to back to basketball. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, that's Jalen Rose's point. You know, yeah. He didn't play football. He played basketball. So what does John Beeline think of this? Well, I'm sure Beeline's happy. Anything to get him on campus. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's one step closer to five Fab, Fab Five reunion. So can't complain with it. I tell you, I'll be at the game. It makes me feel better. It's going to get me to buy a ticket and be at a game. I haven't oh. been at Michigan in a really long time. So I went last year. Of course, I won the tickets. So. Yes. Yeah. All right. Our second hot take is the World Cup is going into week two. Yeah. Soccer fans at all? 
little bit. My where I grew up in California, a bunch of my friends were soccer players in college, so they were the rabid fans. I would just show up for the six pack, and that's about it. Just drink a beer and watch it. it. Yeah, the most I watched the World Cup was when I was in Italy. Was the last one, and of course, Italians are like soccer crazed, and they were all mad at the American right. because the American team made it further. Then the Italian one did. So I remember my teacher advisor saying, and we do not understand. This is our national pride and we are losing and you Americans don't even like soccer. We are winning. So that was my last experience with, with the World Cup. Great experience. And I know your dad loves soccer. He does. Yes. And um, I know it's, I, a certain amount of joy without America and the United States being represented, but it's kind of fun to get South Korea for another game. I do. That's what I was saying. I have adopted to South Korea. And unfortunately, they're playing Germany. So. Yeah, it's not looking good. It's on now. Yeah, we're going to see rough. This is Brad. I mean, Brad's Germany. I'm Korea. So, I mean, oh. it's going to be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But neither of us really care. <laughs> but it is fun for a bragging right. So. It is. All right. And our third hot take is the world's ugliest dog was awarded. The dog is a Jaja. It is an English bulldog. I didn't think it was that ugly, but it did have the world's longest tongue that I've ever seen. Did you guys take a look at it? Oh, I, I did Google that. I saw the tongue and it showed up. It's like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow. I mean, bulldogs are very low to the ground, so having a tongue like that, it has to drag. Yeah. <laughs> at some point. Yeah. I was, uh, but you're right. I didn't think he was as ugly as the previous one. Yeah. The previous one was so like flabby. The previous one's sketchy. This one was just kind of like an adorable ugly. I would say, like yeah. you know, if you like hid the tongue, it wouldn't be so bad. I saw one dog a couple years ago that won it. Its eye was bulging out and had no fur in some places. Sorry, phone. I don't know why people always call me hearing. Right. It's two weeks zero. It is. That's not what I wanted. There we go. All right. Let's start recording. <laughs> That's all right. Good. All right. Supposedly we can edit in. Supposedly. So that was the downside to using this platform. While it sounds a little bit better, um, we couldn't edit each segment. Oh. So if anything like that happened. So that's why I wanted to get away from it. However, they sent us an email saying we can edit in segment now. So we'll give you something to play Supposedly. with. Supposedly. Let's see. Yeah. Anyways. All right. I guess we'll just go into the thing I need to get off my chest. I had a different subject. It was the downtown parking, reverse angle parking, and how much I suck at it. But when I went to get get gas this morning at the gas station, the attendant was outside smoking. It's like, Slate's trying to kill me. <laughs> I'm the closest. I'm at the closest pump to the door, and she's out there smoking. I don't think he should be doing that. I want to tell her that, but I'm too quiet, and I don't want to piss anybody off. <laughs> Just staring very quietly at this woman like, you were going to kill me. You know, it's, I got in some uh, YouTube rabbit hole one time, and it was about um, um, gas station explosions. I don't know if you guys have ever gotten yourself I've never gotten to that part but of it. But it's too. all about people who get in their cars like they start pumping their gas, and then they go in their car. Like it's winter time and it's cold, right? And you create that static electricity, and then they'll get out, and then they'll they'll, they'll touch the metal, they'll spark, and you have all those gases, the fumes around, yeah, and it ignites. 
So I constantly, kind of like you, when I'm pumping gas and I watch somebody get into their car, I instantly freak out. Cause I'm Start like, backing away yeah, slowly. <laughs> this is going to be, this is how I'm going to die right here. You'd, and he, if you look at the warnings, they say, do not run right. your vehicle. And I'm like, this is how to end from your area. Just feel like gas stations should ask people they're going to hire, do you smoke? I don't want somebody smoking in a gas station. You think that'd be mandatory training? Something. You made it out alive. I did. That's good. I have, I'm living. So. so they don't know this, but you've told me you're getting off your chest topic for about three or four days now. So I want to know, is it that you're terrible yes. at, at reversing a I understand why they did it, and that's fine. I just really suck at it. Even with the backup camera and all that, I just it looks like I'm drunk trying to get in there. I will be completely honest. I avoid those spots, too, even though I have, like, the smallest car possible. It's like the pressure, too, of people, like, watching you as you're trying to do it, too. And you're like, okay, now show's happening. It's like parallel parking downtown. I used to work at the winery down there, which has the glass front right to the door. We used to sit there for fun and watch people try to parallel park. Because people come in and, I mean, where I'm from, you have to parallel park. And it's like you have an inch on both sides, so you kind of just get used to going right into it. So when I came up here, I didn't think it was that hard. And then there, there are people that really struggle. And, and it's just, you'll just sit there and you'll see like a 20 point turn and eventually they'll just give up and they'll speed off and kind of thing like that. So I, I love <coughs> reversing a parking, but it's the dealership person in me because we always like to brack in our vehicles. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's, it's just kind of used to it. So. Yeah. We had it in Australia a bunch. Like we found it was nice because we had a lot of, bicycles in those areas and that's was like the nice thing about it was that when you're getting you know going in might suck but when you're driving out it's i don't know to me it's so much nicer because then you can actually see the car coming you can see the bicycle is coming that's on the road and stuff like that i know like here maybe that's not as big of a thing but definitely in the other areas i've lived like i actually even if it wasn't required i'd still just pack into a parking spot just because i was like oh makes more sense on a busier street but Oh yeah, I remember that was one of the things I read. It was it was safer. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, do you get crooked? Are you like not all the way to the curb? I want more. I'm sometimes surprised I'm not sideways. <laughs> I, I'm just surprised a cop hasn't come by and like so gave me a breathalyzer. Do you like? Are you like on the road and then you try to like angle it? Because what I always do is when I get to the spot I want to go, I'll like go forward. And turn left into the oncoming traffic. Well, obviously, when there's no traffic coming, yeah. and then that kind of straightens me up, and I straighten my wheel, and I just go right back. No, well, well, I pull up to the car that's in the spot I want to next to, and then I try to back in. But okay. My favorite thing is when that first spot's available, and I can just whip right around yeah, and you just go. <laughs> yep, and then back. That's my favorite one. But it really sucks when there's no cars there, and I got to find us somehow get in between the lines by myself. Have you thought about parking across the street over by a PNC? Yes, but I'm lazy. I like the easy access to Cabin Creek. But I know. Okay, well, I got what I, I'm, I'm happy. I got what I wanted out of that. So I'm just a terrible driver. Yes. I don't think <laughs> you're a bad driver. I mean, technically, if there was a bad driver between the two of us, it would be me since I'm Asian. So. <laughs> yeah, but Anyways, yeah. All right, we'll move on.
and a dime. So why don't you both, if you guys want to go on your time, let's, uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourselves? Because I kind of roughly know you a little bit. Probably actually know your dad better than I know you. And then I just know you through her. So yeah. um, that's pretty common up here. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I'd love to, you know, um, you probably obviously grew up in Alpena. I did. Yeah. So I guess I can go first. Um, so, yeah, I grew up here in Alpena. I graduated from AHS. And then after college, I attended Brown University out in Rhode Island. Um, I studied comparative literature, which is kind of like an English degree, except it's more like theoretical and it's more like cultural based. So I also studied Italian as well. Um, so clearly, obviously led to where I am today <laughs> using that degree. Um, but no. So after college, I did a few different things. I worked for the Marine Sanctuary for a while, which is where I met Don when he was up here doing his master's research. Um, and then he was finishing up in Australia. I moved there for a few months, about five months or so, and received a teaching certificate for English as a second language. So I kind of thought that's where my path was going. Um, and then I moved back home while, you know, we we're trying to figure out what the next step was and my current position opened. So that's kind of the, the short nonlinear spiel of how we ended up back here. That's amazing. <laughs> You just never know where <laughs> no, the next three months yeah. to look, which is something that, you know, in retrospect, you're like, yeah, that totally made sense why that happened that way. But yeah. sometimes when, when you're in the middle of it, not to get philosophical. So, Don, you're not from Michigan? Mm -mm. Okay. No. So where are you from? Home? I'm from California originally, so I'm from, like, uh, San Francisco Bay Area. So I grew up in a location called East Bay, but the town I was part of was Pleasanton, so... If you ever part of the San Francisco Bay Area, there's um, East Bay, San Francisco, South Bay, North Bay, and, and all those areas. So I grew up. Um, if anyone knows like where Oakland is, it's basically I grew up like 20 minutes on the east side of that, on the other side of the hill set. So kind of a nice little suburban paradise, hence the pleasant part of the thing. But so, are you a Warriors fan? I'm not a basketball fan. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, I grew up um, A's fan, and then. Um, San Jose Sharks. Like, uh, my dad and I used to always go. My dad used to have season tickets to the Sharks games. So as a kid, we used to always go. And then they were, their team was created when I was born. Like, that kind of same year, 1991. <clears throat> so my dad was like, it was like, from the moment I was a kid, we both went together a bunch. So we always watched those. And, you know, basketball games. I've been, you know, I've been in Warriors games and everything like that. But it's just, if I'm going to watch basketball, I'm more of like a, I want to watch more like a college basketball game, personally. So, yeah, we love college basketball. So, yeah. probably too much. <laughs> yeah, probably. Since our biggest argument we've ever had on this podcast was over college basketball, <laughs> twenty minutes of us arguing over it. So, anyways, um, so then you went to school. Oh, well, went to school at uh, St. Mary's College, California, it was in um, East Bay. Uh, I got my degree in anthropology with a concentration in archaeology, and. Um, and when I graduated from there, I was looking at master's programs and um, there was a couple of colleges in the United States and then there was one in Denmark and then one in Australia. And then when I was interviewing for all of them, the Australian one was like when I met my thesis advisor and everything, that was one that kind of clicked the most. And at the end of the day, it was the same price to go to the end of school. So I was like, well, shoot, I could either be in very cold Denmark that was kind of in the middle of nowhere or it could be the, the American school was like, it was a cool campus, like a really cool. It was in uh, North Carolina. It was like a cool place, but it was just kind of 
two hours away from everything. And then there was the Australian one, which was like in the city on, on the Indian ocean, like just right there. And I was like, okay, yeah, this, you know, and it's like going to Australia, different culture, different feel and everything. So yeah, I ended up there and I was there for about two and a half years. And then during that time, that's how I met Anne through Noah because I was doing my research to them. So yeah, it's kind of all over the place. That's crazy too. <laughs> Equally. Uh, what do you do now? Uh, right now I work for actually MBank. So I work okay. as a teller right there. Yeah. So when I first moved, she got her job and called me up and was like, Hey, you want to move up here? And I was like, uh, sure. But I mean, I'm probably not going to find really any much work. And she's like, okay. Like, you know, I was like, yeah, but you know, let's do it. Let's like go for it. Let's see if we can do it. So yeah, I came up here and I worked for the winery at first, which was really fun. Um, but then I was like, okay, no, I gotta, I gotta figure out, okay, where can I get a job that has, you know, consistent pay, the health insurance, that whole thing when you're in your twenties and you're like, ah, maybe I should do that. Um, so yeah, I started working there, but actually funny enough, this is my last week there. (laughs) 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 Well timed, I think. Yeah, no, I, um, it's my last week there and, um, I'm going on to teach a intro to archaeology college course at ACC this summer. And then I'm doing some photo contracts through the DDA and some other uh, organizations here and there. And then I'm actually also working on my real estate license. Not the most sexiest of things, but um, my uh, my family has been in real estate for a long time. And we kind of had a family discussion and thought, oh, this might be worth something. And so I'm uh, going to be working on that. So hopefully that leads to a greener pasture. So. Well, real estate's hot right now. Yeah. So crazy now, you know. <clears throat> so. It's our goal to slowly buy up this whole neighborhood and mm-hmm. fill it with our friends, have it be the young professionals haven. Oh so. my gosh, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> yeah. An artist's haven. Yeah. I mean, get I buy all a, way, I buy a warehouse, don't build the code, and then rent it out to the local artist, like Oakland does. Yeah. yeah. I often think about it because Brad's, it's perfect for a block party here. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. You know, and this neighborhood used to be like this. Some of the older guys, um, I mean, our neighbor, Bill, he was, we asked him, I remember one time he was like, why didn't you guys come over? I'm like, yeah, sure. Come over and talk to him. How long have you been here, Bill? Well, 1952. I'm like, wow, okay. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I used to be in the only house in this block. And like, he was like, there was no houses behind him. All the way to Ripley, that didn't exist. There was houses more towards the downtown, but he was the first of all the houses. That house was the first of all the houses here. And then so all the houses that we now live in are after him. So just like, oh, shoot, okay. So some of these people have been here for a long, long time. Long time. Which is cool. Because they, you know, they remember, you know, the different times when there was like, this was like a family neighborhood and not so much this hodgepodge of us young people and then. Well, yeah, it's, it cycles. I mean, <clears throat> yeah. oh, the yeah. natural progression of things like that. So I know our the pet division where we back live um, used to have a whole bunch of families, and now yeah. it's I don't know, it's, it is what it is back there now. So, um, but <laughs> it's always nice doing the Fourth of July because the fireworks are like right yeah. there, and they're right there. So, yeah. <laughs> as Brent's family knows, because they've been coming over our house for years now. So, oh, nice. yeah. probably coming over again this year. Fair enough. We have a walk. It's one of the things we have to discuss. So we can discuss on the pot if you want, but I didn't know if you were coming over for it or not. So I think this one I wants to do. All right. So. That's good. Then I know what I need to do. So 
I didn't know how low to drop the deck when I mowed the lawn from my backyard. And now I know how low I need to drop it. So <laughs> these are the first time I almost have a barbecue here now. So for the fourth, mm-hmm. yeah. instead of the brown house and I, yeah. we could do Since joint, I have the joint Wisner house block party In barbecue. Yard. Well, that was the, what I was, since we're, I mean, we're talking about it. You guys don't mind anyway. So, um, I didn't know if you, so, so, yeah, so I didn't know if you wanted to do the fourth here because I mean, essentially your family is my family, right? I mean, we're close. So, um, and the only people I know that are coming this year to my house, I think maybe Al, obvious Allison's brother might, and then her parents might. That's all I got this year. I think. And we can do it here. That's funny. So if you wanted to do it here. We could. It's your. I mean, I'll cut. I'll cut the trees down and clear our view. Well, and that's that is <laughs> the. That is the trees. Were you guys here last year for the fourth? No, yeah. we bought the house in like August, yeah. and then we didn't move into. But like we were like October. up here, living up here when the last one. Yeah, but we weren't. Yeah. yeah, over here. So that is the question: is I don't know how good you can see the fireworks from here. I have a feeling you probably can't. And the way we were thinking about it was just like post up and hang out and then walk once down. you get closer just walk the alleyway down to the yeah. beach and then go there because we i mean a lot of the theater kids are going to be joining us so this is their first time up here so we thought like how cool would it be to go down to the beach you know grab a couple beers and go down to the beach which i know will be freaking crazy on starlight but mm-hmm. you know go down there and hang out and do the thing yeah you have to experience starlight once yeah and Fourth of July is the best time to experience it. <laughs> it's so. chaos. I think the best yeah. part is afterwards when everyone brings their own fireworks. Yes, you're oh just God. trying to sit and relax. And, and the kids like two feet next shooting to off you. a rocket out of their hand. <laughs> Parents are smoking a cigarette. Going, like, good job, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, you still got your hand. <laughs> Last year, after we fired our fireworks off, and my neighbor across the street decided to fire some fireworks, and he. I don't know what happened, but it ended up coming at our house <laughs> and it like just hit our house and exploded. And Alice and I were like, what in the world is going on? Cause all we see is this giant explosion right outside our window. And all of a sudden you hear, um, his girlfriend, what are you doing? You dumb son of a gun, you know, quit fire those fireworks, get back in here. And that was the end of it. But we were like, Oh my gosh. Even my dog was like, what is going on right now? So, yeah. All right, we'll work it out. I like it. Right. Anyways, so um, I think so. You guys met here in town then? Yeah. Okay, and Alpina, mm-hmm. and then you went away. So were you down there the whole time for the two years too? Only for about like five months or so. Yeah. Okay. Um, it was kind of like towards the end of his masters, yeah. and we had been dating long distance We'd for like dating a for year about and a half, half a year to a year, and that's. Well, yeah, because I visited well, we met in the summer, summer, and then I had yeah. a full semester by myself in the dorms, and then that falling semester, was like, hey, why don't I just move over there? I was like, sounds good to me. So we rented an apartment, and uh, so Australian cities are kind of divided into what's called a CBD, so like the main city of a district, and it's a central business district, and it's usually technically square, and it's where all the businesses and the skyscrapers and all that stuff, so we actually lived inside on east terrace so the east side of the cbd so we were where all the cocktail bars were like the museum was just on the street like the royal botanical gardens was just down the street a bunch of art galleries and all that stuff so like 
everything was walking distance. Like where we live, it'd be like the block over would be this massive museum and all that stuff. So if you got, if you were sitting at home bored, you just be like, Hey, you want to go for a walk? And you'd go out and you'd be there. You know, that's, I think that's the biggest thing I miss was, is that kind of walkability, walkability. walkability. That's a word. Yeah. It's a word. It's a sure. word. We'll go yeah. for it. Why not? <laughs> it's a work it up later. Uh, but you know, that's, I mean, it's such a special thing, you know, it's like being here and having the, the beach be a block away, you know. Um, what do you miss most about Australia? Ooh. I have to say where we were specifically was like a big city, but not, it was mm-hmm. like not the Sydney or the Melbourne, Melbourne, but um, it had a lot of really cool things. Like 30 minutes away would be like wine country and then yeah. 30 minutes away in the other direction would be the beach. ocean. Um, but the city itself, I think they had some change to their liquor laws or they were like, yeah. more used to really restricted yeah. ones. So it was really cool. Cause you would just like go down these little alleys and there'd be like all like, these holes in the wall, yeah. like craft cocktails yeah. and It'd be like, like in the day it was like this coffee Italian shop from maybe these like, like five Italian guys in their late twenties. And then you'd get like a pasta dish there, nothing crazy. And then you'd come back at night and they'd be doing like full on manual shot coffee cocktails and all this and then i mean some of the best and they were just small you know like one of those small cozy places that you'd sit there with 10 people and no one could find a seat no one could hear each other but somehow it's still the best experience you know that definitely was yeah definitely like the food and drink scene yeah it was pretty that awesome was yeah there was they had a really emerging food scene like adelaide is always kind of was considered like kind of the the um it used to be like the, the small country town. The small town. country town with a bunch of churches, and then all of a sudden they changed their liquor laws, and it changed rather fast. <laughs> I think that's the one that, I mean, we're going to get there in a little bit, but it's one of the interesting things about Alpena is we're evolving from pizza and Chinese food restaurants, which is, I mean, especially over the past couple of years, we've yeah. seen that we slowly yeah. diversifying ourselves, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting. Yeah, I remember when like Austin Brothers was first coming in and I heard a handful of people, even my parents included, saying, you know, they'll never survive in a Miller Light town. And then all of a sudden, like, they open and they're, you can barely find a table on a weeknight. So I think that's something cool is that clearly there's like the taste for good food and good beer and like local things, which is, you know, crucial to our economy. Yeah, I, uh, that's the reason I don't go there actually is because I have to, I can't. It would just wait, especially the winter time. Summertime's not so bad because they got the patio in there. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, you'll go there, especially since we're, Alice and I are big, like six o'clock, seven o'clock people. Yeah. And it's just like. That's the peak. Yeah. yeah. And we, and I, don't, I like, will drive by there and I'll see cars. I'll, I'll clear out to the fence and I just like, I don't even bother going. Yes. Yeah. Which is really heartbreaking because I absolutely love it there, but I right. just. It can be crazy. Yeah. Sometimes I just don't want to be there for two hours. Right. Yeah. So I got to go there at like the 2 p.m. Late lunch lot. Start early. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to Bruce about that. <laughs> <laughs> he probably let you do it. Bruce loves just Bud Light. Just yeah, just oh. Bruce loves Bud Light. He doesn't he's not a big microbrew kind of guy. Um, so but I always make sure we do a fundraiser for the United Way in the fall and he has his own little Bud oh, Light yeah. Bud Light tent. We always make him. Yeah. And it's uh last year his face was on Matt Stafford, so <laughs> it was uh I don't know what we're gonna do this year. We gotta do something good for that. Anyways, um, so let's segue to the DDA. So why don't you just tell I kind of know what the DDA is, <laughs> but I don't think a lot of people do. Yeah. Kind of how it works. So why don't you explain that? Yeah. So DDAs um, were allowed 
by um, state legislature, like in the 1970s, when you saw a lot of like development and money going into more like drivable suburban areas. Um, you know, looking back, even Alpena headlines, you know, in the 1980s, it was, you know, crisis because all these anchor tenants like JCPenney and all these other places were leaving to go to like the mall and other places like that. So in the like 70s and 80s, a lot of cities started creating DDAs to try to drive investment back into our downtowns. Um, so our, our DD in Alpino was formed in 1980. And, you know, we started pretty small and our boundaries have expanded over the years. Um, but our primary goal is to implement positive economic, physical and aesthetic changes in the downtown. Um, so that can range from a variety of things, um, which is why I love my job, you know, it ranges from, you know, marketing to social media management, um, from business recruitment to event planning to like more aesthetic improvements like hanging baskets, bike racks, things like that. Um, but all the main goal is to try to, you know, get new businesses and make our downtowns vibrant places. Um, yeah, that's kind of the, the short answer to, to what we do. So we're underneath like the city of Alpena. Technically, we're like a city authority, but we're governed by our own board. Um, and we have committees that kind of implement our mission along with myself. Wow. it's a lot. But I kind of <laughs> didn't know that. I think I went to a, um, I went to a GMA breakfast yeah. one time and they kind of explained what the chamber did, what the DDA did, and then what CVB did and how they got their money and the whole thing. And I was absolutely fascinated by it because I was just like, for a while there, everybody was under the same roof, yeah. mm-hmm. so which made it even more chaotic because you kind of felt they were all doing the same thing. But yeah. once they kind of laid it out and what each person yeah. or entity did, then it was more kind of made it a little more clear. Yeah, we definitely work very closely with, you know, CDB, Chamber, Target. And we all kind of have the same goal is to, you know, make our community vibrant and develop and attract businesses, recruit businesses, grow businesses. But definitely like kind of the way that we go about it is just a little bit different. Which makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so one of our, Brad and I's favorite thing with the DDA was two years ago, we did the charter kickoff. So, and then last year, you guys had a chili, correct? We did. So are you going to do the charter kickoff again this year? We are. Okay. And we actually have a meeting this week to discuss, like, to settle that date, since usually we start playing that in August, which is coming up. Um, so yeah, every year, um, Leslie, the previous director got that event going and every year we kind of changed a few things, added it, grown it. Um, last year we were like blown away by the turnout. I had no clue what to expect. It was the first year that we moved it to second Avenue. It was just a great venue for different events. Um, and we had like over 300 people tasting and we also had it zero waste, which was huge. Thanks to Don for, um, washing all of our muffin tins mid event since we weren't using plastic cups, we were serving them up. And at the time, we purchased like 200 tins, but we had over 300 people. So mid-event, we were like, well, we don't want to turn people away. So, Don, do you mind going to As You Wish and yeah. well, it started scrubbing off. chili It started chili with, tins. oh, we can clean this in the DDA's bathroom, which is a very small bathroom, <laughs> and it's just a very small sink. But the thing is that some people made chili very oily, and that stuff doesn't come out. And so we were sitting there, and I think... Joanne came out, or Joanna came out and was like, hey, you guys can use our commercial cleaning area. I was like, oh my God, yes, please. And we <laughs> went back there and it was just me. Because that guy showed up, I think not right at the beginning, but a little bit after. Which was the mid. And then you're sitting there like, um, no one's cleaning them. And I'm like, yeah, well, <clears throat> I guess that's my job now. <laughs> so we did that. But that was a cool event because that was my first time 
going to like a DEA event with you as the director, which was pretty cool to see. So yeah, that's something we're really excited about. Like right now, our cook-off is having like our biggest number one event that we do. So we're hoping to have hopefully like two to three more awesome events for the downtown. So um, we have a great like promotions and marketing committee um, made up of people from downtown. So that's this week's topic is, you know, what kind of events do we want to do? Um, whether they're more like community events, whether they're more like specific downtown business events, but hopefully we'll have some exciting announcements coming in the next few weeks about those. That's cool. I know like the last year, the beer festival was awesome. Not yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Um, I worked that and I just thought that whole experience was cool just to talk. I mean, I probably did, was the worst pour there because anytime I'd <laughs> see someone, I'd just start talking to them. And I remember at one point, the pour, the good news was is I knew my pour because I asked for him, but it was like, dude, you got to quit, you know, more pour, let's talk. And I was just talking <laughs> to different people. And, you know, especially when you found someone like, oh, you know, we're from Clarkston. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, what well, we saw it online. And I was like, it's just crazy to see how many people yeah. really did come from right. not that's from what the area. I was, that's what I think what we were both most surprised about was that I thought for sure it'd be a lot of local people, and it wasn't. It felt like it was such a mix mm-hmm. between local kids and like everyone, and it was just like it wasn't just like one age group. It was everyone, which was cool to see that that's something that would be that is successful and seems like it'll be carrying on and growing as well. So. Which is always cool. I just thought it was a cool because we're, first we weren't. I don't even think we were. We're kind of like ah, looks really cool. It sounds really cool, but I don't know. And we had just gotten the house, so we're like oh maybe. And so we actually just walked down. We're like we'll, we'll walk by and check it out, and then and then we're like oh wow. <laughs> and then we walked in, and of course like everyone that was like your parents' friends saw us and like, hey, we're about to leave. Here's some drink tickets. So we <laughs> probably didn't need to ever buy the drink tickets because by the end of it, we had so many drink tickets, we didn't actually know what to do with them. So that was, but that was fun because then we just walked back here and, you know, it's a 10-minute walk, which was perfect. Yeah. We set up the arrow bed and I don't even think we had sheets. But it's great to, like, talk to different business owners and hear, like, how many people from that Opina are coming to our community, which is always shocking how people find us and end up here like it's great to see that you know alpina is becoming a destination for tourism definitely as well my other favorite downtown event which i'm sure you guys loosely is um the wine festival oh yes oh yeah that's a fun one <laughs> yes so uh, i think that's the first time i've met you like loosely yeah you know, some pictures down there and i we could participate in the three delegate race mm-hmm. yeah. that facebook live that was an absolute catastrophe it was yes. Because we didn't know what was going on, and then our leg tie broke, and then we didn't know. Did you keep going? We both did. We kept going, but we didn't know what was going on. We couldn't then, spill the wine. Yeah, we couldn't <laughs> spill the wine. I don't know. The whole thing was, but it was fun. It was a good yeah. kind of fun. Yeah. So whatever. Um, and, <laughs> and the limo ride back to Austin. I mean, I love the limo. I guess they'll do the limo. Did you go back and forth between Austin Brothers this year? Oh yeah, I think they are. I okay. think after the success yeah, of the last yeah. few years, I think they're. Coordinating that, which is great. Yeah, I think that's really. I like I said, I really enjoy that beer festival, um, and then of course the chocolate cook off. All those things that are neat down in town, and um, I really enjoy them. So yeah. So down here, you do some photography. Yep. How'd you get started in that? Um, I got started in actually in college. So my freshman year in college, I was sitting there and we had a uh, guest lecture. Um, 
and he came over from UC Berkeley and he was an archaeologist, but his profession, but his like niche in the archaeology field was digital archaeology. So he was all about photography, digital imaging, 3D modeling, all that good stuff. <clears throat> and so he ended up talking to me and kind of realized I was interested in it. And he's like, Hey, you know, I created an organization based out of UC Berkeley um, that was like senator for the digital archaeology out of them. Their accreditation was through Berkeley. And they're like, hey, we're going to start teaching classes and all this stuff. And, you know, why don't you join? And I was like, yeah, sure. You know, I was like 19, 20. So I was like, yeah, I'll do it. I was like the youngest person there and everything. <laughs> I was like, what? Okay. But it was really cool because I got the, I was taught basically and certified to do museum quality photography. Um, of artifacts and all the different stuff and um, geo-referencing photos and photo stitching. And I mean, we used to do stuff with gigapans and we set up tripod with this monstrously big robotic arm and it would take thousands and thousands of photos. And we used to use cameras that, I mean, one time they took it out to Yosemite and they took this whole swath of the valley and they got such good imaging that you could, actually zoom into the rock climber and you could see the guy's wedding ring on his finger. I mean, that was like that kind of quality stuff. So I got training in that, which was awesome because I got training in workflow and cataloging and, and all the backroom processing stuff. And then I did all the <clears throat> artsier stuff as just kind of a fun thing. And then, you know, a lot of landscapes, especially since I live in Australia, like the, you know, swimming the birds and sunsets, the colors, everything was just different. So I always like taking photos because then my family and friends could see it. And then, um, yeah, slowly you started getting actually into like branding and marketing and, and all that kind of photo shooting. And the, the big one, the most fun thing I had done in Michigan was I work as the professional photographer for the theater here in town. And I had no experience in theater photography. And then he just went like, Hey, you want to give it a shot? I'm like, yeah, but I'm going to warn you. Like I don't do this kind of <laughs> stuff. And they're like, yeah, that's no big deal. And, then I started doing it and then I went, well, okay, yeah, we want to keep you doing this. And so that's been really cool because um, that was just very different from what I usually do. I'm usually like, oh, I have the perfect lighting. I have the, the time to take the photo. I can move things around. And, you know, the theater just like, nope, you either get the shot or you miss it. And that's it, you know, kind of thing. Um, because, you know, with some theater photography, they'll do photo calls where they'll actually like do the production and they'll like pause it at certain key moments. But I always found that that kind of creates the photo to be like kind of too staged. And the main theater is all about the emotion and everything else. So I was like, no, I, we don't want to stop. I just clean cut, go right through it and either I'll get the shot or I don't. So I'm sometimes I'm loading two cameras or whatever I can to get the shot. Or you'll see me like running, which they've gotten used to now. Like all the <laughs> veterans come back like, that's Don. You want Don to be your friend. Don takes nice photos of you that you can use for cast calls and all that stuff. Like, do not piss Don off. I'm like, so, So, I mean, I just sit in the background in the dark and just, you'll hear clicks a lot. Which is why I eventually want to go mirrorless because then you won't hear the clicks, which would be amazing. But yeah, that's kind of my medium spiel of how I got into that. So, yeah, just kind of really liked it. I really like it a lot. So it's cool. The different people you meet in different scenarios is always such a, a fun and unique thing. And you kind of, you get a lot of time to talk to them when you're taking photos of them. So I bet. Yeah. I'm scared to take pictures of people. It's like something I just, yeah. I talked about that on a past pod with Rick. Um, I don't mind landscapes, yeah. but 
you know, I've had people ask me, hey, will you do this? And I just, I'm just not comfortable with it yeah. just because, one, it's like a stress reliever for me. So I just like to mess around. With it. That and Legos, those are like yeah. my two things that I love to mess around with. But, um, yeah, I just. It, it definitely, I think it's, I was the same way. And when I started doing it, it, it became like kind of less of a big deal. But there's still that, like, stress when you're getting paid to produce a product. And you're sitting there and going like, you know, a lot of times people will have a lot of insight or have no insight or no comment on what you're doing. And you're like, okay, well, you're going you're gonna to get what you get if you're not going to give any insight to it. So it's like, you know, you just hope that you work, put your best quality out there and if they look at you like you're crazy and you're like, oh, shoot. And that's why I do a 6% contingency on my budgets. <laughs> <laughs> that's why that's there. But um, I don't know. I, yeah, it's like, I would say that. I think in certain scenarios it can be nerve wracking. Like I find that very formal shoots are very nerve wracking, but when it's like, I'm just hired to come to a business and be like, Hey, we just want photos of the owners of or whoever. And you have the time and everyone's kind of low keyed. And the moment you get everyone comfortable around the camera, then it's like, you're fine. I find like with photography, like if you're doing that stuff, the big thing is if you can talk to someone, which I, I know you guys can do, but it's like, if you can just sit there and talk to them most of the time and just talk to them, most people just kind of relax. And once they relax, that's when you actually, your photos become really good with people because they're not like freezed up in the camera looking rigid and afraid. <laughs> so yeah, the deer headlights. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and some people don't get out of it, but you know, you work around that. Yeah. But. I'll give you the opportunity. Brad did get off my chest. Is that me? If you guys ever wanted to voice anything. Oh, yeah, if you, if you want to, you can. So, so many things. Oh my gosh, this is the platform we needed. Yeah. <laughs> such a, such a, I'll give you a minute to think. I was gonna. Like, I had. I had one, and I forgot what it was. Because I, I had it on vacation, and I was trying to think. I was like, I need to say that because that's like a perfect getting off my chest thing. But uh, yeah, I did notice that. I remember since you grew up here, um, Brad. Gas prices in Alpine are still cheaper than a lot of mm -hmm. parts of the state right now. Oh, yeah. So I know for a while there we were the it seemed like we were higher oh, than everybody. High. But now when I was uh, driving around on our vacation, I was just amazed at how much how expensive gas was downstate. So yeah. um, that's shocking me. I was trying to think of other things that shocked me. Um Sagatok, Michigan's like Mackinac Island, which I was always surprised about. I've heard a lot about Sagatok and we've always wanted yeah. to visit and I felt like I was on Mackinac Island walking around the whole time. So, do you guys so, like, do like poop? No, but there's cars. <laughs> so, I mean, that was the main difference. It's more like gasoline. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I, because, you know, when you look at all these like top 10 places in Michigan to visit and blah, blah, yeah. blah, and you know they're not made for like people that live in Michigan, right? Like, no, they're meant for the. Yeah. So, and it seems like South Africa was always like in the top three. Right. So, I was like, what is going on with this GI place? So, um, but I knew it was like all the money from Chicago and Grand Rapids mm -hmm. kind of funneled there. So um, I was like, well, I got to see what's going on. So we stayed in Lansing and then we went over there for, in the morning. Then we kind of went, our, went on up and um, it was nice. I just, I don't know. I didn't see what the big deal was about, but then again, I lived on a peanut and it's very, I mean, it's not as nice. Yeah. It's a little more touristy, but um, yeah, it was still. Like I said, it was very Mackinac Islandish. Yeah. So it was very much like I think that's the thing. Like when I moved up here from California and Australia, is like what it, you know 
attracted me, especially about Australia, was that there was a soul and a vibe and a feel to the town and the city, and, and the people cared about where they were, and you go, hey, what, would you ever want to be in Melbourne? They'd be like, no. I want to be here. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, I want to be doing this yeah. here because this is where I'm from, or this is where I... I mean, it was always amazing, actually, how many people we had that lived in the area or own businesses that weren't Australian originally, especially a lot of Italians were there and these were people that came over and like, hey, we, you know, we brought our culture and our food and our, you know, our experiences with us and we're making a life here. Like, why would we want to go anywhere else to do that? And then, I mean, you see it here too. I mean, you see so many people that very deeply care about what's going on here and what's going on. You know, it's like no one wants Alpine to become a tourist town. And I, you know, I don't think it ever can be um, for certain reasons, but it's like, I mean, it's cool seeing people like, you know, the Fresh Power Awesome Brothers, you know, as you wish. And I'm biased because I spend most of my time in the downtown because of Anne, but it's <laughs> like, you know, you meet these business owners. I mean, great example, Scoops with Aaron Booza. I mean, like these are people that believe what they do. And that's a cool thing seeing that. And I think that's a big, you know, when, it, when she went like, oh, let's move to Alpina. I was like, eh, I don't know about that one. Like, it's not really what I'm used to. Mm-hmm. But he came up here and you hang out in the downtown over certain businesses, business owners or people. You just go like, here are people that really care. Mm-hmm. You know, and not all of them are from Alpina. I mean, some of the people that love this place the most are our friends that work for the college. And they're not, you know, they're from downstate or, out, you know, out of state or whatever. It's a cool thing having that. You don't get those in Mackinac Island. You don't get those in that super touristy mm-hmm. destinations in Michigan. So I think that's kind of what makes Alpena special. So. You got anything, Bradley? Nope. <laughs> All right. Well, let's just move on to top five because I know the top five is going to take a while. Ah, yes. Do you want to make it a separate segment or do you want to just roll? Make it a separate segment. Okay. <laughs> That's our top five list. It's going to make everybody hungry because it's our top five Alpina foods. So it's going to be exciting stuff. Now I'll start it off with my number five, which is the Flamin' D from the Fresh Bowl. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a solid. Salad. So, yes. If anybody doesn't know, it's a burrito, lunch burrito, but it's really good stuff. And it's steak, right? Yes. Yeah, caramelized steak, I think, and it's kind of spicy. Yeah, it's got potatoes and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I feel like fresh pallets, like their jalapenos are the only spicy jalapenos in any restaurant in this town. Like I go there, I go anywhere else and there's jalapenos and I'm like, ah, no big deal. I go to I go to a fresh pallet and I'm like, I should think about this before I do that. Because yeah. I don't know what they do but or where they get them, but they're definitely spicier. Than- I know for a while you diced them up <laughs> and they're smaller, so I don't know if that made them more concentrated, but you're right. It's <laughs> yeah. like... You eat it and you're like, okay, yeah, I feel it. It's not bad, but you're just like, all right, respect that. So I'm going to cheat. So I'm going to do two. Six. I'm going to do two fives, but um, but I won't talk a lot about either of them. So and, <laughs> and the one is really hard to get. So I used to cut deer at Kiff Miller's produce, and I used to process meat. And there's a butcher there. His name's Gary Edmonds. Right. And if you can get Gary to give you jerky fresh out of the smoker, like. You'll literally walk in there and give you a piece. It's the best, some of the best darn things on this planet. So there's that. And then um, Peter over at Maynard Garden will make me a spicy mm-hmm. shrimp fried rice. 
with like chili oil and some peppers all mashed up into it and everything. So that's my top. That's my five. So there's two things, but they're very like, I'll call them like, I'll call Gary and I'll be like, Hey, do you have any jerky and smoker? Like come back tomorrow. So then I'll like, okay, I'll come tomorrow. And the same with Peter. I'll call him like, Hey Pete, it's me. You make me some right. Okay, no props to you. <laughs> so both of them are phone call things, which is kind of embarrassing, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna do the same thing and cheat. My number five is the jalapeno cheddar salami from Kit Miller's. Yes. I gotta throw some love to them. Yeah. Um and also no wiki's brats, kind of in the same realm. It's not really, really a meal, but it's something unique to our area. Don's family came and visited from California a few weeks ago. And his sister said, my top three favorite things about Alpina, in not any particular order, you guys, my parents, and Noiki sausages. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so something so special to Alpina, both of those. So those are my top five. Or the, the number five, my top five. Yeah, when they were like 99 cents when the bridge was being constructed, <laughs> yeah. I was oh, like. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so happy. <laughs> It's so hard for me to get away to work, but I would do it. And I was just like, yeah, that's, yeah. And they're great people. They always yeah. do so much. Super, yeah. Yeah. Um, super cool people. Yeah. And, and the topping bar, too. I feel like deserves its own number on my list. No, the corn salsa. Oh, corn yeah. salsa. We have, the we have a tub of it now. They sell it. <laughs> we may have a bunch of that right now. <laughs> it's a judge-free zone. I know. It's yeah. It's all right. Yeah. It's all right. Um. I guess I'm next. Hey? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm looking at you just for referencing. Do. Um, I'd have to say my first one would be the jalapeno cheddar. Well, you already did it, so it's kind of like cheating. I'd have to say it's either the jalapeno cheddar from Kip Miller's. I love that salami so much. Or even, um, because my parents actually just bought it for me like last week, a full freaking thing of Nowicki salami that they sell, those two are awesome. We do a lot of like charcuterie boards and stuff like that when we're just like, oh, we want a snack but not a full dinner. And honestly having like a full slab of that stuff in there is godsend most of the time because it's just like, we'll destroy like a full pound in one sitting because it's just so freaking good. But because the ingredients are just so nice. Man. I know, they're extra garlic baloney. I just oh. had some of it. It's so good. I mean, and he does awesome stuff there anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah. Right. Number four, Bradley. My number four is the almond-crusted chicken stuff with gorgonzola at the courtyard. Mm-hmm. That's Matt Mishinsky's favorite thing. Mm-hmm. I know yes. that. That's what he got when he proposed to Cynthia. So, <laughs> these are the things I know. Yeah, so I did. Well, I just know that's one of his favorite things. And I don't That was before, I mean, the engagement. But I know that it holds us. Special place. I was to trying work. to work this in to what you're supposed to do every week. Well, don't worry. I was getting in there. Don't think <laughs> I wasn't. But yeah, I mean, if you guys know of a single girl, this is a my the number one theme on the pod is Brad's looking for a girl. So um, if you know of anyone, just send me a description, good qualities, and um, see what I'm, we can do. Uh, no, just no, we don't care at this point. <laughs> <laughs> don't let him. I mean, and I mean that in a nice way, like. He just, you know, you never know, Brad. Just give everybody a chance. I know. But you're number four. My number four. Moving My number four is spicy tuna roll fries you wish. Oh, that's it. Yeah, that's a tall one. So, um, 
I wish, as you wish, uh, I hate, I have a real hard time getting away from work at lunchtime. Mm -hmm. So it's like really difficult for me, which is probably a blessing and a curse because if, if it was a lot easier, I'd probably be all over the place. Mm -hmm. So, but um, I do absolutely love going there for lunch and when I can on a Thursday or a Friday. Yeah. I know like my daughter, when she comes visits, she likes the sushi. My son, both of my boys do. So. Especially when it's fresh too. Yeah. And they like kind of just made it or whoever's making it at the time just makes it. And the rice is still mm -hmm. fresh and warm. And you're like, oh, this is good. That is definitely one of the best and most dangerous parts about working downtown every day. It's <laughs> oh, like, yeah, could yeah. go home and eat leftovers. Could go have delicious sushi <laughs> yeah. freshly prepared for you. Yeah. You can probably guess which one usually wins. Yeah. It's tempting. So my number four is, speaking of downtown eats, um, a Reuben from Take 5 Deli. I love a good Reuben. And theirs is like the perfect combination of like twisted rye bread. Their sauerkraut is always really tangy. And they have like just the right amount of sauce so that it doesn't get the bread soggy. But also like still has that beautiful flavor to it. So that would be my number. My number four. My number four would have to be the ramen dish at As You Wish. Like they came out with that recently. That was like that's a big thing that I miss a lot being up here is there's not a lot of ethnic food. And even you know, and, and there is ethnic food up here, but I know some of it's a bit whitewashed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is fine. But like when you grew up in the Bay Area and there's such a high Asian population, like you could go to any Asian restaurant and you'd have good food. And then when we lived in Australia, we lived in this historic building that was like a four story building and the bottom floor was like Chinese restaurant, a jewelry store, some sketchy ass basement bar. But then if you walk through the entryway, it turned into a full on Asian food court, like banh mi's, Vietnamese, Thai, Chinese, like all this different types of, and you'd walk through, you'd see the Peking duck in the, on the hooks, you'd see all that stuff. And you'd walk in, it's just like such a, a smell that you go in and oh my, it makes me hungry right now. <laughs> but you just, you couldn't go wrong with it. And the big one was like, the pho bowls or the ramen bowls yeah. are just, were always so good and they're huge. And if you were sick, uh, those are the best things in the world. And so when, as you wish did theirs, I was like, oh yeah, this is worth it. <laughs> I know, I really want someone to make dumplings. Oh, oh. or like hot stickers? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, <laughs> I, just, I love those. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's also this restaurant called Dumpling King. King. Oh, it was like, it was like the like McDonald's of dumplings. varieties of dumplings. You didn't brag about going there. It was definitely like, oh, we're about to go drinking, or it was like, oh, we just been drinking. We got a carbo load. You buy like sixty dumplings and pound those down. But even oh, bad so dumplings good. at this point, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I just yeah, I love dumplings, especially really good dumplings. Yeah. I have to say, last week I attempted. We love Italian food. Um, we attempted to make this handmade like stuffed agnolotti pasta, which kind of like ravioli, but a little bit different. And, like, it was okay, but then the next day for lunch, I was like, wait, this is kind of like a dumpling. So I put a little dumpling sauce on it, and I was like, this is so wrong, but it tastes so good. <laughs> <laughs> that did look good when you did that. Right. Number three is the Colorado Burger and Onion Rings from Burkies. You can no longer get it unless they open up again, but, yeah. Was, the Colorado Burger was amazing. It was a turkey burger. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, And I used to get it with Brussels sprouts instead of onion rings. But yes, was, I know what you're talking about. the best onion rings I've ever had. Yeah, they were really good. I think they were Panko, right? I don't know, but yeah, I didn't I think they were good. They never fell apart when you ate them. Yeah. 
No, Bergies is really good. And the Brussels sprouts were on my list. That's good. Mm. Yes. Uh, number three for me. So, like, it's CY. And when I go there, it'll probably be the prime rib. But what I mean is it's the whole, like, immersive experience when you go there. But when I first thing I do when I go there, I always ask them, did Kathy make dessert? So, like, <laughs> because if Kathy made dessert, then it changes everything I do. Because I want to make sure I have enough room for her homemade dessert. <laughs> Especially when it's raspberry season and we're almost there. Ooh, and when she makes her homemade raspberry sauce, I promise you there's nothing better in this town. But it's very, it doesn't happen very often. So, but yeah, like the garlic bread, the meal, followed by dessert, that whole thing right there. Mm -hmm. And they usually keep your glass filled with beer, whatever you're drinking. So I just, yeah, that's my number three thing. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> My number three is also in that same neighborhood. The nachos from a hungry hippie. The days and confused nachos. The days and confused, solid. especially pretty much anything off the hungry hippie menu, but especially their nachos. It's like the perfect lunch that we walk down to. So these are sandwiches. Like I just had a sandwich for the first time. That was like pretty stellar. Yeah. So we've been loving that they're so close to us. It was great when they were a food truck, but yeah. we're excited to see what they're doing with the exterior of their building. I just had the nachos the other day. They were really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised the hippie didn't make it because I love their tacos, but I just oh. couldn't. When I started doing this, I just wanted, like, if I could have it something right now, what would you want? And oh. I just wrote down my five favorites. So they were in the tent when I started with tent. <laughs> they were there. <laughs> yeah. I think. Um, I mean, I kind of said it, but I'll go for a curveball here. The War Pony, that yes. fresh ballot. It's kind of like the Flaming D. Oh, man, that's a good one, though. That's it. I think it, I think when we go to Fresh Ballot for lunch, it's usually a toss-up between the Flaming D or the, the War Pony for me. Those ones are just always so solid. It's the slaw, right? It's, yeah. Spicy. And that's where my number two will be. It's, it's that slaw. I don't know what it is, but... And the same with it. it could be with the tacos too, you know the hippie uh, tacos, trippy tacos. Mm -hmm. They have slaw on it. And I just it's really good. Right. Number two is for my brother and sister-in-law. Every time they come up, we got to get a pepperoni and pepperdu pizza from the Cracker Barrel. We walked to Austin Brothers, and on the way back, we walked to Cracker Barrel get a pizza. It's just a delicious pizza, though. It is. The Cracker Barrel pizzas are amazing. They are. And Dave cracks me up. So I love Dave. That pizza does sound good. I haven't had one of the pizzas. Like, 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 somewhere like, yeah. that sounds good after this. Um, my number two is veggie burger from Fresh Palette. Mm -hmm. Or on, you know, um, with jalapenos on a wheat panini. And I love it. It was my favorite thing until just recently. So. I've been eating it for years, so I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've had it before. Um, it's really good. It's I don't know if he makes them by hand or what, but it's perfect. It's everything I everything I love about it. The slaw, like I said, the jalapenos, like Dan said, the whole thing just perfect. I love the one that they make with like the mango sauce. Mm -hmm. That one did not make my top five, but it's like the mango sauce and just like cucumbers. Good. Yeah. If I'm in a burger mode, that's like number one choice talks. My number two, which has been mentioned before, is probably the Blue Phoenix Roll Sushi from As You Wish. When they started doing sushi, that was 
revolutionary, revolutionary. <coughs> eye-opening. Well, I have to say, um, Austin Brothers Sushi, too, is like a close second in terms of favorite sushis of Alpina. Um, but yeah, nothing beats the Blue Phoenix. I think it's like the, the sauce on top, like the wasabi mayo and the sriracha mayo um, or whatever they put on it is just delicious. And especially when you walk in and they're freshly making it for you. Um, I saw that Austin Brothers redid their menu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It seemed like I it's saw that. Pretty it's pretty solid. Yeah. yeah. Like it's the new guys seems really on top, like mm-hmm. really knows what he's doing, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. It seems that what's cool about watching him is that it always seems like he's kind of um, teaching like the, the local kids who are working there or have been working. He's like, oh, hey, like try this. Do you know what that is? No. Okay. It's this. This is why I use it. This is why I put it in. I mean, like you, if you overhear him, you hear him teaching and not just cooking, which is kind of cool. Because then, you, you know, you have someone that's not from here teaching people professional culinary arts and something, which I think is just a cool thing mm-hmm. in itself. But, um, and the next? Yep. We're looking at you. Yep. Scary thought. Um, I'd probably have to say the, the new fries at Awesome Brothers. The old ones, <laughs> the old ones were good, but they were really salty, which was fine, but you couldn't, I don't know, me personally, I couldn't just like nom on those all day. And when they had like the AOE sauce and the ketchup, it was always really good. But then when like they started like kind of cutting back on the salt and it seemed like they were frying them a little bit more crispy. Now they're like, you could put a whole bowl in front of me and you won't be able to touch it because it'll be gone within like two minutes. Couldn't say that is true. Yep. <laughs> it's rather scary, <laughs> it actually. The fries are good. The we had, mm-hmm. When we went out there the other day, it was a couple Fridays ago, we had the new menu and had some fries and I was like, they're solid. Yeah. 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 The new menu is pretty, I'm pretty, I'm digging it. I was kind of like, oh, we'll see where they go with it. But it, it seems like they really kind of gave a lot of thought. And I just, it's like, okay, yeah, it doesn't seem like I could really go wrong ordering anything, which is pretty cool. And duck comfy poutine. Oh, yeah. It's just like. I love it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, please. Number one, Bradley. <laughs> Number one on my list. Your favorite thing to eat from Alpina. Well, I had to go dessert with the Elvis from Scoops. I thought about that. I thought about it. It crossed my mind once or twice. <laughs> so the Elvis makes another appearance in our pod. It's like the third time we've talked about the Elvis. So what is on the Elvis? So it is banana pudding. Ice cream. Ice cream. With peanut butter sauce they have there. Yeah. And then blend it into a malt. And then they top it with whipped cream. Ooh, you haven't had that. I just had their banana pudding ice cream last night. I did. It's awesome. And bear, and bear cloth. Yeah, okay. They used to advertise it, and now it's not even there. So now it's strictly like a secret menu. Yeah, yeah. And, local thing. For yeah. And the last time I ordered it, just a couple weeks ago, um, the one kid's like, "Do you even know what that is?" So it was <laughs> well because it was one of the kids that started there. Yeah. And then it was somebody new, and he's like, "Do you even know what that is?" I have no idea what he's talking about. So he's like, "All right, just get out of my way." <laughs> like, we have such a weird relationship with Scoops. I remember the one time. I don't know if I've told this during the party yet, but Alice and I went down there one time. It was in the evening, and there was a whole bunch of there were some kids in there, and uh, we were kind of just hanging back because they didn't couldn't tell who was waiting on yet and who wasn't mm-hmm. waiting on. So Alice and I were kind of just standing there, and then one kid goes, "Oh my God, don't make Steve and Allison wait." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh, now you know you're like, oh my God, this is embarrassing." <laughs> like, oh, all right. That's the best thing about them, though. It's like. 
we go there and they know our names. Yep. Like, if you go there enough, they remember who you are. They won't go, like, oh, the usual, because they, like, try to give me the option spread our wings. <laughs> but, I mean, like, you go there and, I mean, the one time I got shafted, that was one when I was with Jeff Mindock, the artistic director of the theater. <laughs> and he and I went to go get ice cream. <clears throat> and usually they're like, oh, hey, Don, how you going? Like, what do you want? Well, there, and they're like, the kid was like, oh, Jeff, yeah, we can do this for you. Yeah. And he looks at me, he's like, and your name? And I was like, oh. And he's just <laughs> laughing at me. He's like, oh, you're, you don't get remembered? I'm like, I do. Just this kid's new. He doesn't know me yet. And I haven't had the time to come down here every day like he used to. It was bad. When I worked at the winery, that was when it was bad. Because he'd be sitting there and be like, if it was dead, I'd be like, oh, I'm getting ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I mean, oh, I mean that was always the cool thing is like I don't think people a lot of people understood but the winery allows you to bring out outside food you don't mm-hmm. you just need to do fresh products you can show up with Taco Bell and they don't carry or you can get ice cream and come in I mean anything you want to do I mean we've had so many parties there which is like okay well buy I mean you have to buy a glass or a bottle or whatever it be in there to do that but I mean you buy a bottle of wine for 16 15 bucks and then you know, you just bring a bunch of food you made or a bunch of snacks or whatever, and you sit there, and it's just so, so fun doing that. But I didn't even know that worked that way until we did a United Way fundraiser for Pamper Chef. Mm-hmm. And they were like, just, and then I was talking with Jess, and she was like, yeah, you just got to buy a, a bottle of wine. And I was like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, <laughs> I'll, I'll buy two then. <laughs> just because I then felt weird. So I was like, yeah, yeah sure. That's yeah. cool. My number one is just recent, but it's by far the best thing I've had lately. It's that barbecue chicken sandwich at Five Bed, mm-hmm. and oh, I haven't we haven't been there you yet. You got to try that, it's, and I mean whatever. But he even raised the price a dollar since yeah. I've had it. I'm yeah, like, he's like, <laughs> this guy comes way, really way too often. <laughs> so, what was it six dollars? Now it's at seven. So, but I mean, it's still worth it by far. He uh, smokes the chicken, oh, so really? he smokes it, and then he takes that, and of course. It has a slaw on it. Yeah. So um, it's just a smoked chicken sandwich with, bar- with a sweet barbecue sauce. And then he puts a vinegar-based slaw on top of it. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, we'll have to go check that out then. And it's funny. So, yeah, it's – Allison's not a big, like, that a barbecue type person. And I usually – There I needs to be, like, a solid bar- – like, a legit solid barbecue person up here. And it seems yeah. like that person's kind of yeah. filling that need, which is a good thing. Awesome. So you're number one. Okay, my number one. This was one of those things. It's like what immediately comes to mind. Yes. Like you just can't overthink it. Black bean Betsy pizza from the Fresh Palette paired with a bee's knees cocktail. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it has to be. It has to go together. So like every Tuesday night, that's like our friend's night to go out. We usually go to the winery and then go to the Fresh Palette, you know, whether there's music or not. So to me, that meal just has many happy memories attached to it. You know, it's always what you get and share amongst friends. Um also, it just marks it's a Tuesday. Like, it's really Tuesday if you're not having a bee's knees. <laughs> and a black bean Betsy is probably yeah. not. So that would be my my number one. Mine's difficult because if I could actually be given the number one, it'd actually be a home-cooked meal we made that I really like. But I'll be nice because I'll stick to the theme <laughs> of going out for food. I think it'd either be the American Dream from Fresh Palette, which is like a BLT pizza and that was like my first ever restaurant food when I first came to Alpena and I ate that and I was like oh my god this is amazing um either that or um I just had it in my mind is it a fresh palette? 
Mm, no. This is awkward now. <laughs> we'll come to you. Yeah, we'll come to you. We'll just all stare. Slowly. What's interesting, though, is, like, I did think about drinks while we were talking yeah. about this. Like, um, and it has, because, you know, Austin Brothers has really changed Alpina for, mm-hmm. obviously, for a good way. Um, but I always, if I can find their Merc series at all. Oh, I yeah. Get anything from their Merc series. And that tropical smoothie right now is. Oh, that's a yeah. song. Like I love that. That's really one's really good. I'm not like a huge, huge beer drinker. Like I'd rather have wine or a cocktail, but Awesome Brothers has made me a believer. Yeah, yeah. that's very solid. Yeah, absolutely. I okay. So I yeah, I just remembered it. So there's a person that does um, like custom cookies, and I used to have a coworker. I'm trying to remember her name, but I can't off the top of my head. But she does. It's not. It's not our friend. It's someone else. Because see, my coworker would fluctuate between the two, and they both have really good cookies. But one time they brought them in, and she just like, oh, she knew I loved them so much that she, she like slipped me one because she didn't have enough for everyone. Was it store bought or was it? No, it was like from some. This would be like a local. Town. Yeah, oh. some local girl. Like, it, it was like it wasn't cookies it wasn't by Hannah. Hannah. Although hers are also hers are so awesome. beautiful. Trade wins. Has amazing. Oh, well, there's donuts. Solid, yeah. If we did outside of Alpena, like I don't <laughs> really love donuts that much, but we will drive especially for the raspberry. Oh, donuts. and then their cream cheese yeah. donut too. It's oh. like, solid. Yeah, if you're, I always say that that's the best donut, hands down, I've ever had. Yeah, is at Trey Williams. So if I'm ever up there, yeah, I always do that. Yeah. I also say like the Austin Brothers hamburger too. Like I just, just like had like three for your number one. That's good. I mean that's good. There's yeah. so many yeah, good there things. There really are a lot of good options. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. I think at the end of the day, like you can't really go wrong. I mean, like there's definitely places that you go to that you're like, yeah, this is good food. But I mean, like I know for I know for us too, it's like we're the it's either Awesome Brothers, Fresh Palate, Hungry Hippie, or as you wish, and, or as you wish is kind of like our four can't really go wrong restaurants to us. Otherwise, it's just like, I mean, we cook so much at home, too. And, like, you know, we make homemade sushi, homemade pasta. Like, we make, like, pasta from the dill and everything. I don't know something like that is, like, really good. I think that's the big thing is, like, I, I want there to be more places like Awesome Brothers and Fresh Palette and As You Wish and, and Courtyard, too, where it's, like, there's a real care for the quality of the ingredient and not just, like, oh, hey, it's a consistent meal. It's, like, no. It's, like... We know what's in this. We know what we're getting. It's not just Gordon Foods. It's, you know, we're doing our best to bring as much local or organic or, you know, all those things. Because, I don't know, to me, it's like you can taste the difference between that and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of bulk price. So, I mean, I think that's the, the cool thing about being up here is you have such a small town that's so isolated, yet it really is starting to have a heck of a food and drink culture. Yeah, like we've traveled around in Michigan so much where, you know, from Alpina, we're talking to, you know, the server or whatever. We'd be like, oh, my God, Alpina, that's where, like, the Fresh Palette is, or that's where Austin so Brothers is, or that's where Nowicki's comes from. Like, it's really cool that I think now is getting put on the map for some of those really unique yeah, eateries, absolutely. which is awesome. And I always wish someone would open just, like, a sports bar yeah. where they just serve, like, Gordon Foods wings and like, yeah. like know, cheese bars. sticks. And yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have to be like reinvented. It's our, I'm all right with just a burger, yeah. a pizza, and some wings. It doesn't. And I didn't, I don't know. I don't understand it. 
still baffles my mind. But that's a whole different pod. It is. <laughs> Top five restaurants we would open in Alpena. Oh, we all can say that. We're like, yeah. we were millionaires. We have at least five restaurant pipe dreams that I think could be very real, but, you know, we're poor. So. Yeah, as long as you open a dumpling place, I'll be uh, there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but the two, the two <laughs> whitest people in Michigan are like, oh, yeah, we have a dumpling restaurant. I'm like, what? Is that kind okay. of weird? No. Yeah. no. So. Spend a lot of time on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> you can learn anything on YouTube about it. That's true. So, we'll wrap it up this weekend. You know anything going on? Um, personal stuff. But okay. I know you guys got the art walk downtown. We do. Yep. Second art walk season. Um, I was trying to think if there was something else going on this weekend. Did I make a note? I think it was just 4th of July registration. Oh, yeah. Register for the parade if you want to get in it. Like, do it. Do it epic. <laughs> Are you guys doing a float? Cliff no. We usually, like, dignitaries. So, like, the whoever the... What is it? Like parade, not parade master. Yeah, whatever. That, we yeah. usually do that, and then the sunrise oh, nice. side. So usually we're busy driving, but I do have something planned for Christmas parade this year. <sighs> so last year we had Santa. It was a lot of pressure and stress. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I mean, and like we, I spent a whole month on it. Like and everything. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that was from the stress. I was. I felt. <laughs> I know Jamie. And I felt a very. Like a huge responsibility to Alpina that we were presenting, oh, for sure, yeah. we took it very seriously. Probably a lot more serious than we should. Have. Like people were like, "Oh, you know, I'm be, oh, I don't care. They're saying, oh, let's move on." And you know, the trees lit, but we were serious about it. You know, like we were like we worked really hard on it. And I know for this year, I don't know whether my job's going to do, but if they're not, then Alice and I are going to do a float. Oh, like, awesome. We already have it planned, and no, we were trying sure. to figure out. We, we were on online trying to. Order. We, we know what we want, and I'm like, it's not big enough. Like, it has to be huge. And she was like, well, it's 48 inches. I'm like, four feet. It's not long enough. And I'm like, we needs because it's going to be on a trailer, right? Yeah. So I was like, hey, the thing needs to be big. And she goes, you just have to make it. And I'm like, I know, but my mind is just spinning. What this Christmas what themed float could be? I'll tell you afterwards. Yeah, it's okay. Some of so, like surprises. No, it's, <laughs> it's not as, it's more of, I don't know what it is, but it's just something I want to do because I think it, yeah, I think it'd just be, be awesome. perfect for that, depending on what's going on in the parade and where we're at, people are just going to be like, Steve is so stupid. <laughs> it's going to be like, just like, I can't believe we did that. It's like, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, that's all I got this week. Next week, we're on the road, Brad. How do you feel about that? I'm all right with it. Our first kitchen visit. Ooh. So we're going to the Performance Locker Kitchen. We're going to talk to Casey Stutzman. Oh, nice. We're going to get the lowdown on the 4th of July parade. A little bit of locker stuff. Two top five lists. Two top five lists. Is Brad, I thought Brad was a Batman fan, but he's I'm not. So big in the comics. I, think. I am stressed about that. Just as bad as the <laughs> Alpina thing. I just created a spreadsheet. Yeah. And I put all the Batman movies and then all my favorite Batman comics. And then I color-coded them to where the stories intercrossed over each other. To try to find a common denominator of was there top five themes and <laughs> didn't work at all. No, no. I'm just happy you made a spreadsheet. I know. I almost sent <laughs> it to you. <laughs> and then, um, did we talk about yet who we have coming up? Yeah. Okay. Name them all. Yeah, we named them. Okay. So yeah. Then after that, so we, we have a good guest list for July and August is filling up too. So. Nice. Excellent. Thanks for coming on, guys. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Thank you.
And then just, I guess we'll get ready for an epic 4th of July party. Yeah. <laughs> it's happening. Big backyard. Let's discuss more next week on the pod. Yes. See how many people show up? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> if you made it to the end of the podcast, yeah. you are invited. We do have a ton of Milwaukee's brats in the freezer right now, so we got to use those up for some time. Yeah. So. It's awesome. parents gifted them to us. And, and All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Well, thank you. Yeah.